Hey, everyone. Before we get to the show today, just wanted to tell you about the Ringer NFL Playoffs Leaderboard Challenge on FanDuel. Users can play against people like me, DK, Craig, Bill Simmons, and other Ringer personalities for the chance to win cash prizes. There will be contests every weekend leading up to the Super Bowl and one big prize for the player with the three best combined contest scores over the next three weekends. It starts this weekend. Come try and beat me, DK, and Craig by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or go to fandle.com slash ringer leaderboard and click on Wildcard Saturday and Wildcard Sunday to access each day's content. That's fandle.com slash ringer leaderboard. Okay, let's get to the show. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From supercharges, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by our two draft experts, Danny Kelly and Ben Solak. And also, Craig Horlbeck is back with us today. Woo-hoo. And also, Craig. We're joined by our two draft expert, experts and Craig. <laughs> I like that. Give me an adjective next time. Every, every front office should have a Craig. Here's our general manager. Here's our director of player personnel. Here's Kevin. And just <laughs> Kevin, just make sure we don't do knucklehead stuff. Kevin keeps us in the realms of reality. Who, who's the guy McVay hired? Benoit? What's his name? Andy Benoit. Andy Benoit. <laughs> I don't know. He drinks like gallons of milk in the park. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're coming to you here every Thursday in the Ringer Fantasy Football Show feed. That's the Ringer Fantasy Football Show feed, the Ringer NFL Draft Show, all in the Fantasy Football Show feed. Every Thursday between now and the NFL Draft. We didn't do it last Thursday. It was complicated. DK had COVID. It was a whole thing. Our whole schedule got scrambled. But and now Siri's talking. What is going on with the beginning of this show? Oh my goodness. <laughs> what did Siri find about COVID? What did she say? Siri, I think she called you, Andy ben- Benoit. I don't know. You I, accidentally activate Siri more than any person I've ever met. I don't. I don't yeah. I, I, no <laughs> one else happening? I know has this problem and you I have it incessantly. To, you're like 78 <laughs> years old with Siri. <laughs> my God. Okay. Anyway. Regular season's over. So we're going to do a mock draft. Top 10. It's really fun. But before that, we were like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about the college football playoff and the national championship game. Um, there's nothing to say. Right. I don't know what we could say that hasn't already been very, very Georgia obviously is made. good. Georgia's good. Uh-huh. Uh, largest margin of victory ever at a bowl game, which is pretty astonishing. In for any a bowl game? Not I believe just so, right? Oh, Jesus. That's uh, tough. So, like, you bet a live line of minus 57 and a half. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> Which is the funniest okay, thing okay, I've ever okay, heard. Okay, 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 okay. It's important to clarify. As I said in the tweet, I'm betting this to then share to have the story of having bet the live line of For minus content. 57 and a half. <laughs> and it hit. Okay. So, so no funny. further questions. <laughs> the the over-under was 62. Georgia hit that on their own. It's like, God. Yeah. It's, but anyway, there wasn't much to talk about. But honestly, I forgot this until we came in. Kai, our producer here, turn on your camera. Kai, 
Hey. TCU alum <laughs> drove so six hours to go to the game. It's true. I did. It was terrible. I was getting rained on in the stadium. It was horrible. Yeah, that's that's insult to injury that it rained. At oh, the- were you you were in the rain slot? Oh yeah, I was in the nosebleeds, just just getting poured on. If people don't know this, SoFi is has a roof. But they have like sort holes at, at the walls, so it's <laughs> yeah. like indoors. But you can get rain. It never rains in LA. So I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your pain, but I'm going to. Okay. You drove six it. hours to watch your team have the worst loss ever in the bowl game, as if that wasn't a strong enough. You literally were rained on. I inside. was literally rained on, and 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 me and my girlfriend went, and we thought it was like looking going sick into girlfriend like, brag, sick brag. Way to go. Keep it up. Keep it up. Flex, it, it, we were just like, you know, this could be one of the greatest sporting events ever. It could be one of the biggest upsets. This could be like one of the best sporting events like I remember in my life. And it wasn't. It was the worst. It turns and, out it was still a historical <laughs> night, but just for different reasons. We did, it was we the did red wedding. <laughs> it was bloodbath. It was horrible. Not fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, was there any positives to take? Did you have fun like on the way? Was Had the you been to SoFi? Fun? Did you like SoFi? Yeah, no. Uh, well, I did like SoFi until I started getting rained on. But uh, <laughs> the the drive up there was fun. Um, that's about where it ended. I, cool. I was excited to see SoFi and it was it was beautiful. But uh, yeah, no, the game just, you know, I, I, I left and it was 52 to 7. And then by the time <laughs> I got to the shuttle, like just to the shuttle, they had scored again or like twice or yeah. something. And I was just like, this is just, it's just outmatched. I was going to say, at least you got to enjoy bright and sunny Los Angeles, but you were there for like a historic rain storm. Yep. And I drove back right after the game ended. So at like eight o'clock or something, six hours <laughs> back, just <laughs> pouring rain the whole time. I just had to, I had to, sit, had to sit with it. Yeah. What's a six hour car ride after a 50 point loss in the national championship like? Just misery. What I tunes? Think. What, 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 what are we playing? <laughs> Dashboard confessional. Yeah, yeah it, it was silent for a while. Um, got on the phone for a little bit with a friend, and then it was just kind of like shuffle. I, I had no energy to play anything. So, <laughs> was it like, did you get to the point where you said to yourself, hey, you know what? At least I went. I'm happy I went. Are you there right now? I think I'm there right now. I think I mean, I was there driving back because I was just like thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, TCU got freaking dumped on on national television and all that good stuff in the biggest stage possible. But, you know, <laughs> I was like, you know, we still had a hell of a season. We still made yeah. it that far. I'm still proud of the team. Sure. And, and you know, to, to go from from a five and seven season, 200 to one odds, seventh in the Big 12 or whatever to where we were, you know, still a great season. But yeah, it still still hurts. Better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Exactly. Oh my God. Okay. Well, anyway, Kai, um, sorry about yeah. that. I'm also no I'm gonna laugh about you getting rained on inside like for months, if not. Congrats <laughs> on a great season though. TCU. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, go sure. frogs. Go frogs. <laughs> frogs. All right. He looks genuinely sad, but um he does. hang in there, Kai. Always good to start a mock with a lot of just some bullying, some good healthy communal bullying, and then all right, we're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. All right, so there we go. So with that said, mock draft. We're going to do the top 10. We've got the draft <laughs> order set. Uh, what are we going to do here? Alternating DK. You're going to yep. go first and then Solak and we'll go back and forth. Okay. So, yeah, we'll start off here. Number one pick. <laughs> Before we even do the mock, we have to acknowledge the Chicago Bears have the number one pick I in know. the draft. This changes everything. After months of thinking it was going to be the Texans. The Texans converted the only fourth and 20 of the entire season. To score and avoid getting the first pick so that Lovey Smith could do one last for Chicago and screw over the Texans. This is incredible. Building blocks. Momentum to next year, you know? Win's a win. (laughs) So there you go. The three and 14 Chicago Bears. uh, It is hilarious. They did the first pick. So uh, the question that everyone will be asking for months, DK, 
do the Bears keep Justin Fields and either use this pick or trade this pick? Or do you trade Justin Fields and use this pick on a quarterback? Or do you just choose which one will get you more and then use that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think as we get closer to the draft, this is, the odds are that they're going to move this pick, I would say. Um, and try and, you know, it, if you're looking at what Ryan Poles has done, like he's trying to accumulate draft picks, trying to accumulate um, as much cap space as humanly possible going into this next year. They have the building blocks to do a lot of things, and maybe they can turn this first pick. Maybe this is a blessing. They can turn this first pick into even more, like future firsts. And so I would not be surprised to see them do that. However, we're not going to be doing trades in this just because that just opens Pandora's box of infinite possibilities of like what could happen. So we're just going to stick and say, this is what would happen if the Bears don't trade out of first. Um, and of course, the first question is, do they take a quarterback? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that they stick here and don't take a quarterback. I'm going to go with Will Anderson. This is like obviously a very sort of just chalky, obvious pick. It's probably going to come down to Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, or Will Anderson, edge rusher out of Alabama. For me, if I'm picking first overall, despite how good Jalen Carter is, I think I'm taking an edge rusher over an interior defensive tackle. So that's my pick. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback, at least as of this moment, I don't think they will. Um, but yeah, Will Anderson, what do you think? Well, I was going to say, so that we just spent all the time laughing about how good George's defense was. And so look, I'm curious, do you think Will Anderson, the edge from Alabama, or do you think Jalen Carter, who has been just wrecking as a defensive tackle for Georgia, do you think that Will Anderson's like better? I'm curious what you think of those two guys. I have Carter's a better player. I have them both is really good. Uh, mm -hmm. Anderson's better than any of the edges that we had come out last year. Comfy. Uh, the film this season was not as like peppered with jaw dropping, eye popping plays as the film in 2021 was. I'm okay with that. He got a lot of attention. That's no problem. Also, like when we're drafting edges, a lot of the times the boxes that we want to check are athletic boxes, right? Like what's your, how explosive are you off the line? What sort of length do you have? Do you have the ability to corner? And he has all that very clearly in spades. So over a two year sample size film wise, I'm not concerned with what I've seen from Will Anderson. Uh, I think Carter's better because I think Carter's like uh, right now. when I think of guys in this class who are just like different DNA, Carter's that guy who comes to mind just because of the power, because of the quickness, because of the way that he replaces guys. He can be a penetration player. He can be a two gapping player. He can be over the center, over the guard. He can stun. He can just do everything you ask a defensive tackle to do. You just don't see defensive tackles taken that highly, right? Uh, the, the classic example is always we had uh, in 2010 and Dominican Sue go with the second overall pick. Gerald McCoy went with the third overall pick. And then a year later, 2011, Marcel Darius went with the third overall pick. So if you're taking a defensive tackle, top two, top three, you're looking for an Dominican Sue like player. And I think Carter is that. But even then, like that's a that's a that's a steep ask for the career that, that Sue had. Obviously got banged up and, you know, it, it tailed off there. But during his prime, truly a, a, a game wrecking player. So. I understand taking Will Anderson there. I think if we get closer and we realize how much teams like Jalen Carter, we do have to start preparing ourselves for a defensive tackle going top two, top mm -hmm. three. It kind of reminds me of last year because I don't think anyone thought he would that that Trevon Walker would go number one. Like in the leading months uh, to the draft, like probably mm -hmm. I think as it got really close, it was like, oh, he's going to be the first overall pick. Um, but in the in the few months before the draft, it was mostly like, oh, he could be a lot higher than you think, but. First overall, like that was a big surprise. I think this year I'm going to be even more open-minded about whoever, like anybody could be the first pick is for all, for all I know. Like Will Le Levis could be the first pick. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of just went with, I prioritized the, you know, the position in of this pick. I, just, I do think I would probably agree that, that Jalen Carter is 
a better player, but I think Will Anderson's a really, really good player. I mean, if you look back mm-hmm. in the last two years, I think he leads the country in uh, tackles for a loss. Like he's put up really big numbers. He has almost prototypical like measurables. He's really long, really explosive. Um, you know, he has room to grow in terms of like his repertoire of moves and all that stuff. Like teams are drafting the guy that they think is going to be elite pass rusher. That's why Trevon Walker went number one last year. And that's why I think Will Anderson could go number one this year. TK, what do you think the odds are that the Bears trade this pick? Um, you know, that's a great question. Probably like 70%. I don't know. What do you think, Select? I would say the lo- odds that a, the Bears trade something is 99%. <laughs> right. I would say of that 99%, yeah, like I would say 75, no, 80 to 85% of that is they trade the first overall pick. Then there's the 15-ish percent that they trade fields and they take mm-hmm. a quarterback with this 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 first overall pick. This is actually a good time to talk about it. I know that we're lingering on the Bears, but would you trade fields or would you take one of the quarterbacks in this class. You would pry Justin Fields' contract from my cold hands, <laughs> brother. We have two years of Fields left, and then you'd get four years of whoever, right? Bryce Young, yeah. CJ Stroud. Five years, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, right. And we're talking the, the the fifth year option. The thing for me is like, uh, there's there's two major things that 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 come to mind. One is that when I get a quarterback into the NFL, pretty quickly, like it, it can be hard to figure out exactly how good he's going to be, but pretty quickly you can figure out whether or not he's going to be able to keep his head above water. Right, like mm-hmm. the Josh Rosen effect. Like this guy's incredible, the top one pick, and then he came out within four games. You're like, oh, this is not going to, this isn't going to work. I and it never got close. Like right. he never even approached anything yeah. remotely. Or like Trevor Lawrence last year, where like you watch, like all right, Lawrence's numbers are bad. Like this offense is terrible, but you'd watch him and go, oh, like, yeah, like this, I can get, I can get it. Like we're we're gonna right. be able to, like there's stuff to invest in here. Fields is over that bar. Once I have a guy over the bar, I don't want to screw around. Right, like I'm like I like I. I don't need to reintroduce the risk of taking a guy top five and setting my franchise back three years, cough, New York Jets, end cough, because he can't get over the bar, because he just can't hang at the NFL level. So that's the first thing that, that comes to mind. The second thing is is the Heifetz refrain, right? It's Heifetz's favorite uh, 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 point. Quarterback development is is about environment, much more so than yes. we want to allow it to be, much more so than we talk about. The Bears have not done a good job building around Justin Fields to develop him. What makes us look at this roster and go, oh yeah, if they take Bryce Young, he'll be fine. They're going to break Bryce Young. With this offensive line, they're going to kill him, right? Oh, like, <laughs> will, will Levis get up to NFL speed? Not with these receivers. They're not ready for a young quarterback. So even if you want to move on from Fields, you should have freaking fixed what you got around him so you could actually install a rookie and be successful. If, if, if they were to draft a rookie, they'd put him in the same dangerous waters they put Fields in. He'd generate the same bad habits. I also think... And I, I didn't actually look at all the picks that they have because I know that they've got other a few other picks that they've collected. Well, they but, traded the Bears traded away the thirty second pick in this draft well, for Chase Claypool, who had like two catches for twenty yards per game. <laughs> Craig just fist bumping in the background. <laughs> Craig, you ass. Um, no, but that was going to be my point. Is basically they don't have their second rounder in this of their original second rounder or whatever, which mm-hmm. means which is another reason I think that they may look to move back here and like a likelihood of them moving back so they can maybe pick two guys in the top 40 or something like that. You know what I mean? And so um, that's that's my thinking. So let's go to the next pick here. So we'll give the Bears Willie Anderson from Alabama. Next up is the Texans picking second. Again, it's just hilarious because 
Lovey Smith blew it for them. So it's hilarious. They're second. I assume we're all on the same page here that Houston is 100% taking quarterback. So I'm curious, Solak, which quarterback do you have the Texans taking here? I don't. I It's what, January 11th? I still don't know which quarterback I like the most in this class. I was so ready to quit CJ Stroud. And then he played that semifinal game know, against right? Georgia. And I'm in a bad way. Oh, man. <laughs> that was an impressive film. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's tricky. I The chalk pick here has been Bryce Young out of Alabama. I'm willing to make that pick still, so I'll say it's it's Young out of Alabama for Houston. Uh, they drafted John Mechie last year, so there's like an existing quarterback-to-wide receiver relationship, which is always nice. Bryce Young's intangibles are through the roof. This mm-hmm. is the sort of franchise that's going to care about that sort of thing, especially in light of Deshaun Watson and the way that their last franchise quarterback had his tenure end with, with, with the team. So Bryce checks boxes that, that Houston's going to look for particularly. And then in terms of talent, in terms of of, of playing the quarterback position well. I think he plays it better than Stroud. I think he plays it better than Levis. I think he plays it better than Richardson. I like what he does. I think he's got the best on-field product. The question is the height. The question is the size, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we've talked about this a lot on the the first episode of the show, so if you haven't listened, you should go back. But Bryce Young is a radically small player, radically small for the quarterback position. It's not like, oh, he's Kyler. No, no, Kyler was like thick. Kyler was dense. Kyler could take a hit. Bryce Young is a small, slight individual, and you have to be extremely worried about his ability to uh, hold up over the course of a season, over the course of several seasons, over the course of his first contract into his second contract, if you're going to draft him and hit your wagon to him for 10 years. So Bryce Young for now at number two for the Texans, first quarterback off the board, because I think he's the most talented, but we're going to learn a lot. The number one thing we're going to learn about, actually, it's not true. The number one thing we're going to learn about this cycle is what the Bears do with the pick. The number Mm -hmm. two thing we learn about, 1B, is going to be what teams are willing to trust Bryce Young and which team aren't, which teams will take that swing and which teams won't. Yeah, like physically to me, it's just the Bryce Young thing is a massive, massive question. He's going to be the outlier of outliers. I just keep thinking about Hunter Renfro. <laughs> like, yeah. for he has the body of Hunter Renfro. Like, he's, but he's probably shorter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Imagine is that being bit, an NFL I'm stealing this as a bit. Like, <laughs> you, guys, you guys have seen Hunter Renfro, right? Yeah, quarterback. That's it. That's what we're working with. So obviously I know he's athletic and he, he can move around. He's very, very elusive in the pocket. He has great vision. He's a good football player, all that stuff. But I, I do think that is going to be, it's an issue. It's, it's a thing. It's some teams are going to be worried about it. You know what I mean? Have you seen how big some of these players in the NFL are? Like Jalen Carter's going to pick him up and like break him over his knee or something. You know what I mean? Like that's worrisome. Which quarterbacks, I'm asking both you, DK and Ben here, Heifetz, hop in too if you want to. Which quarterbacks in this draft, let's go with Stroud, Young, and, and I guess Will Levis, are the most nurture-proof? Heifetz talked about, you know, he loves talking about how when a quarterback is in a bad situation, they're less likely to succeed. But obviously there are some quarterbacks that are uh, more impervious to that than others. So a team like the Bears or the Texans drafting a quarterback, which of these three quarterbacks that we're talking about do you think are the most kind of environment-proof to still succeed despite the lack of talent around them? That's a good question. Yeah, a good question. I would say Young for sure is Mm -hmm. because Young's got poise. Young's got the ability to make second reaction throws right outside of the pocket, outside of structure, do the things that are off the script. And I would also say with some confidence that Levis isn't because we saw Levis two years ago play behind an NFL, a, a, a more talented offensive line with an NFL offensive coordinator, with Wondell Robinson, an NFL wide receiver, and play tremendous football. And then we saw Liam Cohen, his offensive coordinator, leave for the NFL. We saw Wondell Robinson get drafted, and we saw his offensive line lose some talent. Luke Fortner went to the Jags third round. And it was bad. Like the, the 2021 to 2022 change for Levis was drastic. The offensive line couldn't withstand for him, and he had to try to make a lot of stuff happen. So I'd say Levis definitely needs some coddling at first. Stroud is a tricky one. 
Because now we're talking about, okay, he's a smart cookie. Just how smart a cookie is he? Uh, just how well is he going to be able to kind of step in and, and, you know, manage the pocket? A lot of like the Stroud arc reminds me a lot of the conversations we used to have about Dak when he was young. Mm. When like Dak walked in and he started behind that 2016 Cowboys line. Right. And it was like he got such a nice runway to like learn how to work at NFL speed because he's had room and time and comfort. And once their line got worse, he kind of had to have like a year or two later a little like learning process of like, Oh, pressure and like moving around and this and the other thing. Uh, Stroud is a similar thing where it's like, if he gets, I think he kind of needs that nurture. I think he kind of needs that runway to make sure he can work the pocket, at the NFL level. If yeah. he gets put out there behind like a bad front, like the bears, I could see it being real trouble real quick. Yeah. So that, that game that he played, um, the other week where he was moving around like against Georgia, where he's moving around and, and getting out of the pocket, directing guys and, and doing all the things that you really desperately wanted to see him do. Like that was a huge, huge step for him. But I do think like with Stroud, you can't, it's hard to answer that question because you cannot overstate how good the, the receiver talent that he's been playing with has been over the last few years. He had literally Olave, who was maybe the best receiver in the rookie, the best rookie receiver. First round pick, Chris Olave. First round pick, Garrett Wilson. He was like 13th or 14th. Garrett Wilson was the 10th pick. That was another guy he was throwing to. And he was the other great rookie receiver this year. Like you could debate who was better. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's outproduced both of those guys last year. And, you know, in theory could be better. Like I think he's probably, he's probably going to be a mid round, mid to first round pick or whatever, mid first round pick. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., who's not even eligible for this draft class, but would be the number one receiver in the draft class if he was. Like, he has four of the best college prospects in the last 10 years. In that way that I think Stroud is kind of similar to what Tua was four years ago. Not that they're similar players, but that Tua played with like four or five first-round picks as skill positions. Uh, So the bottom line is, it's like, well, we've... He's literally been playing with the best skill position talent in the country for the last two years. So what do we what do we make of this? I don't know. So we'll we'll continue the Stroud conversation a bit because we're still on the clock here. So all right, we're going Will Anderson to the Bears first, and then Bam again. Texans get Bryce Young second. DK Cardinals are four and thirteen. They're yeah. picking third. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach, been fired. Steve Kime, the GM, has essentially resigned. I guess Kyler Murray has this massive contract extension, but he's recovering yep. from a torn ACL. He's probably not even going to be ready for Week One next year. DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to get traded. The Cardinals basically have an injured franchise quarterback and almost like nothing else of substance. So, yeah. what do you think the Cardinals do here? What do you have them doing? Yeah, I mean, if you look, I'm just looking at them on our lads, like their depth charts. They have JJ Watts retiring. Their defensive line is getting older. Marcus Golden's getting up there. Um, I think that they need to just do the trenches thing. Like they just need, they need to, as long as they believe in Kyler, just build through the trenches, do it like normal franchise. <laughs> the trenches thing. So the Cardinals are in world war one right now. And well, they've so, drafted two off ball linebackers in the first round in the last couple of years. Not <laughs> an not, interesting approach. <laughs> it's the opposite of doing what I'm saying here, which is like, take the high, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I can't remember the word, but like the, the most important positions, um, mm-hmm. best player available premium. Premium oh, is premium. the word I was looking for. Thank you. you. The premium positions. And so um, to me, like just take the best player at the, at a premium position. I wouldn't say that defensive tackle is necessarily the most premium position, but I think Carter could probably line up all along the line. You know, he could be. A so you're giving forward. them a Jalen Carter from Georgia. Yeah, I think he could be an end in their scheme and like wreck havoc, you know, line up against uh, like up front with tackles and guards. So I think, I think Jalen Carter is incredible. And I know we talked about him a lot. Number one, when Will Anderson with the bears, but. So basically, Georgia had the best defense, one of the best defenses in the history of college football last year. 
And then three of those defensive linemen were drafted in the first round. Jordan Davis gets Heisman votes. Trayvon Walker goes number one in the draft. And then you're saying that Jalen Carter, who wasn't even one of those three guys last year, he stays on this year's Georgia team. And is he actually the best one of all those dudes? Yeah. Including the number one pick in last year's draft? Yep. Yeah. And it's been that way since last year. <laughs> like, like if Carter could have come out, I don't know if he goes before Walker because Trent Balky saw Alden Smith and blacked out. But he like he would have been he would have been the best prospect of the four. Yeah, I, I just think he makes their team. He, he instantly upgrades that defense line like massively. Um, I've heard people who are some good comps for him. So like I've heard people com, com, uh, compare him to like, you know, uh, Fletcher Cox is one name that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is another name that comes to mind. How about an 18 wheeler that the Joker drives in Dark Knight? Because it's yeah. like that play where he lines up as a fullback. And I think it was against like Arkansas or something. And he moves like three. Li- he stacks them like they're like uh, Russian dolls or something. <laughs> like he just yeah. moves three or like, you know, the, what are those balls that go back and forth? The Newton balls. We hit one and then the last one moves. He does that to like three <laughs> linebackers. <laughs> hits two and then the third one falls down. There was a play against LSU where he sacked the quarterback and just picked him up with one hand. Literally just picked him up like he was a little kid and then put like up his other hand. he was a coach hand, or something. Like held up his finger like during a, during a play. He's just sacking the guy with one hand, one arm, and holding up his hand with the other hand. Like it, he's just that dominant physically. I like the Fletcher Cox comp a bit. He's a little bit less linear than Cox, but the thing about Cox that always um, that like made him such a unique and such an impressive player was Fletch came out and and at 298 pounds at the combine ran a 707 three cone drill, which is mm. 98th percentile for for defensive tackles. For perspective, if a like wide receiver ran that time, you'd be like, oh, solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 298 pounds. Jalen Carter thinks he's a wide receiver in high school. If you look up, he retweets all his own highlights. He's one of those guys. Good quality. We love that. <laughs> From 14 to 19, all Jalen Carter did was just try to do Odell Beckham catches over kids at football camps. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this guy. He's also number 88. Yeah. The change of direction, the way that Jalen Carter gets around a corner reminds me of some some prime Fletcher Cox stuff. I've seen Quinn Williams that I don't love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons also makes sense, but Simmons got hands like cinder blocks. I'm not sure. Like that's at Carter's. Card honestly does too on it, but that's like not as much as calling card. So yeah, it's pick a pick a good defensive tackle the last 10 years. I can find a way to comp him to Jalen Carter. I think that's a really good one. So next up here, the Colts, uh, they're four and twelve and one again. So like this has got to be a quarterback, right? Like which quarterback are the I Colts know. take? I got I got dealt such a nice, easy early hand in this one. Just all right, what <laughs> quarterbacks do I want to take? Um again, if so if we're going about like ways that I think these teams should go about it, then I'm taking CJ Stroud for the, the Colts because I like Stroud as the second best quarterback in the class. If I'll tell you right now, if you're asking me to bet on what the Colts were to do, if this were the first three picks, I'd bet with a lot of confidence they'd take Will Levis. Uh but as it is right now, I'm gonna take Stroud. Uh wait, Craig, you don't like Stroud? Uh not really. No, I, and I, I just think it's hilarious that, that they're going to go, that Ben thinks they're going to take Will Levis. I find the Will <laughs> Levis narrative to be, you know, obviously weird in some ways, but also hilarious in others. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to draft season. This is all <laughs> peculiar and upsetting, but we're going to find it funny instead. So basically uh, you think Will Le- the Colts would take Will Levis because they would hire Jeff Saturday and Will Levis will just headbutt Jeff Saturday during the thing and they're just going to be like, yo, bro, yo, bro, and then they're just have a good time. Yeah, and I also think Ursa is going to be really involved in the decision. And I think if Ursa is really involved in the decision, then like the cut of the guy's jib is going to matter a lot, right? <laughs> the uh, uh, You think about... The bro white quarterback will make an impression on Jim Ursa. The jib factor. 
and and Ursay had Peyton Manning and he had Andrew Luck, right? He had two of these kind of like obviously like Luck's a little bit uh, different in terms of like being bookish and whatever, but he had these dynamic personalities, right? And Stroud's just like a pretty muted guy, you know what I'm saying? Like Stroud doesn't really do the rah rah boom ba as much as as you think a Will Levis might. All this is is also like total speculation. It's just read of the room. We don't even know who the Colts head coach is yet and how that's going to impact things, right? right. Like if the Colts hired Jim Harbaugh tomorrow. Well, Harbaugh got a good look at Stroud quite a bit, and like I, you know, be curious to see how that would impact whether or not they take him. Regardless, uh, Colts have offensive line issues. They had poor performance this year, but they're financially tied to a lot of those guys. So it's tough to imagine them being able to turn the offensive line around really quickly, which means that they're going to put Stroud back there behind a, a shaky offensive line like we talked about. That might not be the best situation for Stroud because he tends to be a bit more of a pocket passer. However, against Georgia, the 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 plays that he were making were really, really exciting in terms of, okay, Maybe the reason this guy just hung around in the pocket all season is because nobody in the Big Ten could really move him out of the pocket. And when he does get moved out of the pocket, he's actually able to do stuff and create. And like we're just kind of seeing a new level of him now rising to this competition that he's facing. Uh, the wide receivers that he's played with, like Danny said, have occluded a little bit of, of, of his projection, right? He has so much wide receiver talent, makes his isolation so, so, so easy. Well, they've invested a lot in wide receiver there in Indianapolis. They have Michael Pittman. They have a second round pick in Alec Pierce. They have a great matchup tight end in Jelani Woods. Uh, Paris Campbell, an upcoming free agent, but still it's not like Paris Campbell's anything to write home about. They right. have weapons. And so if Stroud's going to be kind of like a pocket, you know, dart him, dice him up sort of a guy, Indianapolis does have like the foundation of a receiver core that I think can work for that. They probably need more, but they have the foundation. Uh, so Stroud, yeah, as a top five pick and going to the Colts, I don't mind it at all. Um, but Indianapolis is a weird spot there. We got to get a head coach in there and we got to see kind of who's going to run the ship and how they're going to run it before we can get a feel on what quarterback they're going to take. DK, you compared Stroud to Jared Goff, but I feel like Stroud ran more in that game against Georgia than he had. I, I actually saw a stat. I, yeah, I yeah. wish I had it in front of me. I basically, I, I don't know if it was running for first downs or scramble or something, but Stroud basically ran more in that Georgia game than he did in like the last year or two combined. Right. I'm curious if that changes what you think of him. Yes. I, the other, so yeah, the two cops that I've seen that actually make sense to me were basically like Jared Goff, but in a good way. And then I, I, the other guy I said was like late career Dak where he's not running around as much as he was early in the, in, in his career. He's just more of like a pocket guy, but he, um, like physically speaking, like the way they throw and, and their mechanics are like reminiscent for me. So I, I like the, the late career Dak comp a little bit more. Um, but yes, that that game, honestly, like him running around, him scrambling, him doing some scramble drill stuff where he threw a couple touchdowns that where he was out of structure and he was like, you know, getting out of the pocket and, do, and making things happen. Like that was exactly what people wanted to see because he just really didn't do it hardly ever um, in the previous couple of years. Maybe that was just because that's way, the way he was coached up and that they just have a good enough offense. He didn't really need to do it. Um, but I think that... You know, even though it's just one game, a lot of times, you know, GMs and stuff are just like, oh, I've seen him do that. Therefore, he can do it. You know what I mean? And so um, I think that's going to be massive for him. I think it's going to be huge. All right. We'll have a lot of Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis talk. But for right now, we're we're giving the Colts CJ Stroud. I'm so nervous. The Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are on the clock. (laughs) This is via Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Uh, This is incredible. So uh, look, Geno Smith has been fantastic for the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say the Seahawks are going to, in my humble opinion, they're going to re-sign Geno Smith. So I don't think that precludes the Seahawks from draft quarterback, but in this scenario, they have re-signed Geno Smith to a reasonable deal. It doesn't preclude them from taking a quarterback here, but they don't have to. So DK, in that situation, do you think the Seahawks take a quarter, like a Will Levis, and let him sip on Geno, or do you think they're going to take a position player? Who do you have them 
with the Seahawks with the fifth pick here? Oh, God, this is impossible. So I could definitely see them taking a quarterback and still sign. So basically sign Gino to like a two or three year deal or whatever it is, and then also take a quarterback to start developing him. I could honestly see them really falling in love with Will Levis. Like as much as people will probably make fun of them for that, like he has an incredible arm. You know, he's athletic. He's got the tools and you know, like, like uh, Ben was saying early in the show, like he's going to be very impressive, I think to like on the, on the like blackboard or chalkboard or whatever. And like in the meeting rooms, just his persona, his work ethic, all that stuff. Like that <laughs> does matter to teams. It absolutely matters. He's, to teams. he's like an IG model or something that you're debating dating. And you're like, well, when you actually like date them, it's probably not going to work out, but man, on paper, everything looks great. Well, I mean, let's put yourself. So we make fun of it. I and I and I'm part of that. But like, if you're a team and you're staking your career on someone, do you want a knucklehead who has elite talent, or do you want a guy who's going to come in and work every day really, really hard, represent the, the organization, do take coaching, all this shit? And Will Levis is the knucklehead. Will Levis is not a knucklehead. I don't think is what I'm saying. Like he's a guy that can take coaching and he's going to try and improve. And from what you're hearing, like the teams love his his personality and everything off the field. I think you're right, DK, that that all matters. But I also think that people generally overestimate their ability to predict sure. those things. So 100%. Say, I know that you're a Seahawks <laughs> fan. I know that this is like a very emotional process for you. But having said that, I'll ask you again. Who do you think the Seahawks take here? Uh, I'm going to not take a quarterback. And that leaves me with a couple edge guys that I really like. There's two guys that I think will be connected to the Seahawks a lot. Miles Murphy from Clemson, edge. And Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. I personally, so like with Murphy, elite get off, elite athlete, really long, like prototypical size, all that stuff. I think they're going to like Tyree Wilson a lot just because he manhandles people. We talked about him on the Cool Players mm-hmm. show. Tyree Tyree Wilson is very much a what the Seahawks thought LJ Collier was. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If LJ was real and not made up in the Seahawks' <laughs> mind. Yes. So I'm going to take Tyree Wilson, even though that might be just a tiny bit high. I don't think that's ever bothered the Seahawks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't care about really what like where guys are projected. Um, so I'm going to go Tyree Wilson just because he's a very unique player with incredible measurables and they frankly suck on the defensive line this last year and they need some help. Next up here, this is convenient with how this draft has worked for us to go back in alternating fashion. (laughs) Solak, the sixth pick here, the Detroit Lions are up because they have it from the LA Rams. So I think we can officially say the Matt Stafford trade was officially a win-win now that the Lions get the sixth pick. (laughs) So, like, you live in Michigan. Go. I was going to say birds, but they're, what a, uh, go Michigan. Restore go the blue. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> Ingrained in this is also, like, whether the Lions stick with Jared Goff or not. So, I'm curious, who do you think the Lions take here? Lions are a tricky one to figure out. So, Brad Holmes gave a, a throated defense of Jared Goff as his starting quarterback for 2023, uh, saying, I never thought of him as a bridge, which... I call BS, but whatever. He played quite well over the backstretch of this season. Sure. Uh, yep. I, as I uh, I was talking with somebody else in the football space about whether or not the Lions would take a, uh, a quarterback, and what I told him was, think about how much you love your kids, and that's about how much Brad Holmes loves Jared Goff. And so it's going to be tough to move Brad Holmes off, of, off the Jared Goff spot. As it is right now, I don't think this is a quarterback spot for the Lions. It would be reasonable if they took one. I don't think they are going to take one. Depth chart-wise, 
line's pretty good, right? Offensive line is is quite steady, except for the guard spot. They have to shore up. This isn't really a, a, a good draft for interior offensive line. Uh, they were kind of were making it up at tight end after TJ Hawkinson. It's a good draft for tight end, but I'm not taking, you know, I don't have like a Kyle Pitts, so I'm not going to be drafting a guy in the top 10. Uh, and then defensively, they kind of are cycling through a lot of different players. Uh, Alex Anzalone, who's a starting Mike linebacker for them, is potentially a free agent this year. So is John Kaminsky, who is their strong side defensive end this year. They're going to have to kind of uh, fill out some of these spots in free agency, fill in these spots uh, with, with young players and figure out what they want to prioritize. I'm going corner where Jeffrey Akuda, who had a great start to this season was getting benched by the end of this season. I really don't understand what happened there. Uh, he started to like be super guessy and he started to be super picky and he was all over the place. They have a, a young guy in Jerry Jacobs who they like, but he's a smaller player. He's not necessarily the size that you want. Amani Arawarie was too grabby. They need more help at cornerback where, where they have to be able to play man coverage in Aaron Glenn's defense. I love Keely Ringo. He's the corner out of Georgia. I do not know why, having watched him, having watched Christian, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, having watched Joey Porter Jr. out of out of Penn State, why Ringo is not the clear corner one. There's a lot of there's debate across like draft sites that you read and scouting right now. For my money, uh, Keely Ringo is six foot two, two fifteen, and ran a 100 meter dash in in high school. I have no further and pick questions. Pick six Bryce Young to win the national championship yeah, for Georgia last I, year, and right, and, and plays at Georgia very clearly understands the whole defense. Has a ton of trust from Kirby Smart. Plays in press. Plays in off. Plays in zone. Now he's six two, two ten, so he doesn't have the the cleanest transitions he's not right. the smoothest guy right, right. Uh, and when, when he's got to like you know play an off cover and mirror he's gonna lose when they have to play but they, they played him in the slot like when he was young that didn't go super well but when you can put him on the line of scrimmage and just let him play man cover or let him bail to cover three he's all that in a bag of chips like, like, like he's over aggressive at times but i'm trying to remember the last corner his size that came out of college that wasn't over aggressive in press coverage we do this every year go oh, jc <laughs> horn's kind of grabby well, yeah, wouldn't you be if you were just better than all the other players? If you were just bigger and stronger than the opposing receiver? Like, that's what college corners do. So uh, Ringo at his size and then have his recovery speed to be able to mm-hmm. open up and really fly. He gets 22, uh, Bruce Feldman for the freaks list, 22 mile per hour clocked regularly in games. High 22 miles per hour. Jeez. That's like a lead speed for the NFL level. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I, uh, Keely Ringo, I find to be an extremely impressive cornerback prospect. And for a team that wants to get their corners up on the line of scrimmage and play man coverage, for a team that still at a transition that position uh, benching Jeff Akuda. I like Keely Ringo at six to the lines. You know Ben likes a player when he starts throwing in those old lingos. There's all that in a bag of chips. I'm completely sold <laughs> on Keely Ringo now. I'd run through a wall for him. If I could help myself, I would, but I'd really, I get excited. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I really like him too. I was actually putting together his report today, so that works out. Um, the you, said, you mentioned the press. I actually think he's got a lot of instincts playing off. Like he do, They'll do like a half mm-hmm. turn where he goes back down in zone looks and he keeps his eyes back to the quarterback. This is something that you used to see a lot with like Richard Sherman, where he he's -hmm. playing off, but he's studying the quarterback. He know he has a really good concept of like routes and where they're developing and how he has to split the difference between the two of them. And so there's plenty of plays on his tape where he's sort of just backpedaling down the field or like in a, in a half turn um, strafe down the field and he'll jump a route because he knows that's where the quarterback is going to go. And then he can get in front of the route, break it up or intercept it. And so I really like, I really like how he plays off too. Like, I think he's got a, a really great skill set. And I, I totally agree that he's just like, he has an elite ceiling. Um, not to mention, like you said, elite athlete, great size, former five star. I believe he was like the top corner in the country when he came out. Next one here the Raiders are picking seventh. Obviously, they're going to be moving on from Derek Carr, who Uh-oh. kind of got like exiled. What do we do with the Raiders? Levis? This could be it. 
The only thing that Heifetz, you have to answer this, I guess. Did they go and get like Aaron Rodgers or whatever? Like that's the question right. that that I really have here going into the draft. Let's live in a world where the Raiders signed a veteran quarterback. They they signed Tom Brady or, or yeah, they they, they oh, have they've okay. signed someone like in free agency. So I mean that would be Aaron Rodgers or Brady, right? I mean who else? Yeah. They've traded for Rodgers. Yeah. Brady. So like they've acquired one of them. Why are yeah. we just assuming that? Because I kind of think they will. I mean, we don't have to. Fine. They don't have a quarterback. Let's vote on it. <laughs> what do we want them to do? I say they, they've signed a veteran quarterback, but it's the worst veteran you can think of. Where's yeah, Jay Peterman? I like that. There Carson now. Wentz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have, yes. Actually, that's great. The Raiders <laughs> have Carson Wentz. Yeah. So what, yeah, that changes okay, the Okay, if calculus. that's the case, I'm going to go with Will Levis, I think, because I could, I could see... McDaniel's wanting to do this, basically get in a guy that he can develop and that is going to, you know, do the things that he's asking for. Um, also, you know, you go back and he probably wants to atone for the fact he put, he picked Tebow uh, in the first round for the, for the Broncos all those years back. <laughs> I got bad news. If you're taking Levis brother. <laughs> uh, well, you know, coaches, coaches have egos, coaches have egos here. And so may, maybe this happens. I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Will Levis just because the uncertainty at quarterback and assuming that they don't sign Tom Brady or, you know, like Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that. I am already like sick to my stomach thinking about the coffee and the mayonnaise and all the weird stuff they're going to have Will Levis doing for like TikTok on the Vegas. Eating trip. bananas with the, the peel with on. Peel, yeah. Isn't that Let's something? Be honest, like Derek Come Carr on. was not an appropriate face of Las Vegas. Will Levis no. might be. Yeah. <laughs> now, I very much agree with that. There's the strip, and then there's like suburban Vegas, which is like very normal suburbia and has nothing to do. Derek Carr was the very normal suburbia. Will Levis will fit in perfectly in like the Vegas strip part of Vegas. I like I like you saying that he wants to atone for making the the Tim Tebow pick, a guy who was all over the place technically, but had like all the the grit and the hard work and stuff. And Will okay. Levis essentially Tebow <laughs> Tebow couldn't throw a football. <laughs> like it's different. I mean, Tebow literally he he had to like learn how to throw a football. I would so. like to point out that Tim Tebow's offense was for the Broncos was better than the uh Russell Wilson offense yeah. for the Broncos this year. I would like to point <laughs> that out. Like they just beat them in all the Incredible. categories. <laughs> so we're giving Will Levis to the Raiders. That's wild. Okay. Next up, we have the Falcons. Uh bless their hearts. Miss out on the top three quarterbacks. Uh Marcus Mariota is obviously awful this year, and then he kind of ghosted them midseason. I do want to live in the world where the Falcons have signed a veteran quarterback of some kind. Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, whatever. What about Ritter? Yeah, you don't think they're going to commit to Ritter? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, the apple of, of Ben Solak's eye, Desmond Ritter, the third rounder of Cincinnati. So whatever. <laughs> they can stick with Ritter. They can sign a vet. Whatever. I ain't taking a quarterback, baby. We're good. We're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. moving forward. You have the power. Yes. Solak, yeah. who are you giving the Falcons here? Uh, who would like to guess how many sacks the Falcons had as a team in 2022? <laughs> I know this because I looked it up and I, it's really sad. Six is is. Close. It's also very wrong and <laughs> yeah, not close. Twelve, but functionally right. They had twenty-one. Uh, the <laughs> okay. Bears. The Bears had the fewest sacks of any team with twenty. Next closest to the Falcons was the Raiders at twenty-seven. Mm. As a reminder, the Eagles led the league with seventy. So if the Falcons just played two more whole seasons, they'd almost catch the Eagles for total team <laughs> sacks in this season. Yeah. Can I add to that? Yeah. Go ahead. The, the Falcons. If you just look at the last four years. They're the only team that doesn't even have 100 sacks in the last four years. The Falcons have 96 sacks. The Falcons are, are 19 sacks behind 31st place. So they would need like a whole Jeez. nother season just to not be in last over the last four years. Yeah, the uh, Falcons uh, percent of opposing quarterback dropbacks on which the, he was hurried, 3.8%. Uh, 
uh, percent of opposing quarterback dropbacks on which he was pressured, 14.6%. Both of those are last in the league. So if you're wondering what the Falcons are going to draft <laughs> this year, uh, they're going to draft another gigantic pass and catch target and then never throw it to him. No, we're, <laughs> cool. drafting, for the, we're drafting for the pass rush. Uh, longtime defensive coordinator Dean Pease is retiring this year. He's like 78. He was hit. <laughs> the guy was Saints guy was running during uh, warm ups before a game and nailed him. I think Pease is like, all right, this is enough. I'm done. Uh, they already <laughs> pulled him out of retirement once. He's finished. So we don't know precisely what the defense is going to look like, and we don't really know uh, what they're going to prioritize, what the prototypes are going to be. With that said, I was hoping I would get Clemson Edge Miles Murphy here, and I'm glad mm. that I do. Miles Murphy's a scheme versatile guy. Uh, when you're six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds, and you can move the way he does, explosive guy. He's got bend. He's got change of direction. He can come upfield. He can line up outside of you, inside of you. That I love for a front that doesn't really have any any players to really hang their hat on besides Grady Jarrett, right? Uh, they had a thought, good play from Lorenzo Carter this year. He's a rising free agent. Don't even know if they're going to keep him. So there's so much room to move Murphy around, right? To kind of Michael Bennett him and see where he's going to make the most sense, where he's going to be able to disrupt and experiment with the player. Now, I made the sack jokes. The knock on Miles Murphy during his time with, uh, with, with Clemson is that he's been a very disruptive player. He has not been a high sack player. Uh, yeah. Over the course of three seasons... <laughs> All of which Murphy played, uh, he had 18 and a half sacks over the course of I want to say like yeah, like 35 odd games. Mm-hmm. So not a not a high sack player, high pressure player, high disruption player, but the biggest knock right now on the scouting report, he doesn't really finish his rushes too well. So the last time Clemson did this, we took a pass rusher out of Clemson. We got Vic Beasley and <laughs> did not land. He had one crazy year of sacks and nothing else. Uh, but regardless, we're back to the well with the Clemson defensive ends. Murphy's a totally different prototype. Uh, and I think that that he's going to fit on your defensive line in a lot of different ways. He's going to like, he's going to hang around on your team. If he's not the dude you thought he was, you can kick him inside. Like it's a very high floor pick, um, but a one year solution to your sack problems. He ain't. Yeah. That's so this is why exactly why I was a little reticent to take Murphy with the fifth pick for the Seahawks. It's just because you see him rushing and there's so many scintillating like traits with him. He has an elite, elite get off. Like he's explosive. He's springy out of his stance, you know? Um, but there's too many pass rushes to pass rush reps where he's like, he'll get out of his stance really quickly and then immediately get hung up on a, on a block. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. It, it was just tough for me to, to, uh, you know, put him that high. So that's, I agree with this, but I do think he has the traits and the athleticism. He's another like freaks list type guy, you know, absolutely just off the chart athleticism that teams are going to see that and say, we can develop this guy into a, a good pass rusher. So the Falcons took Kyle Pitts fourth. And they took Drake London in the top 10, didn't throw him. And now they're going to get a pass rusher who doesn't really sack the ball. <laughs> God. So it's just a lot of guys on the field player. not doing much. <laughs> <laughs> they look good, though. Dude, can you imagine how good they look? And just Cordero Patterson's running mock. Just that's that's the whole <laughs> game plan. This is one like like multi-year Moneyball bit when he's like, he's got a great ass. He's going to be a great hitter. It's like, okay, he's a great hitter. Why can't he hit the ball? <laughs> just like over and over again. Murphy is definitely a little bit of a theory player right now, but I like him. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you 
covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Ninth, the Carolina Panthers, mm. seven and 10. Uh, if there's a team that we're talking about a trade up, in, if we were doing trades here, it's the Panthers because we're, we're seeing them on the outside looking in at these top three quarterbacks. If someone's going to try to make a deal with the Bears, like might be the Panthers, they're certainly in the running. Uh, but in this situation, all the top three quarterbacks are gone. So, DK, who would you give the Panthers here? I mean, what do we do with this team? They don't have a coach yet, right? Last I scrolled Twitter, <laughs> it's like I'm like I'm looking at they don't have a they don't have a coach. We don't know what like their defense is going to look like. They have a really good defensive line. They've actually got a ton of talent on the defense. So maybe they go offense just to kind of like balance things out. I was looking at the offensive lineman. Peter Skaronsky might make some sense for them. Maybe a like little him. bit high for a guard. Uh, he, you think he Skaronsky's is a, a guard? Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying some teams will view him as a guard because the big question mm -hmm. with him is he has like 32-inch arms, which is well below the standards that a lot of teams have. And this is, a, you know... That's the big question mark. Also, they have a couple uh, tackles already, so who knows like what they're gonna where, how they would build their offensive line. But it'd be like this guy's so good, it doesn't really matter where he goes. This is like a Zach Martin mm -hmm. type blocker where he's just gonna get the job done despite the fact that he's not the longest player in the world. So I'm gonna go Skaronsky here. Just so Zach like, Martin, Zach Martin. I mean, he's Zach Martin's gonna be like a first ballot Hall of Famer. We're not comparing Peter Skaronsky to Zach Martin, are we? I'm gonna say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, 100. Yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm just saying that's like a crazy. I feel like Quentin Nelson. This is like the, I, I'm snapping at you, Heifetz, but like this is exactly what I run into. Like 100 percent of the time, I make any comps to any players. It's like stylistically, I'm talking about. He's a guy okay. that has. He doesn't maybe have the elite length, but he gets the job done just because he's so good, so balanced. So like he he has great movement skills, um, you know, anticipation, all that stuff. So, uh, no, I'm not saying he's going to be first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm saying, like, stylistically, might be right in between guard and tackle. Who knows? But, like, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. With all due respect, we're recording. You said he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I have proof. <laughs> okay, well, when he becomes the first ballot Hall of Famer, I'm taking credit. Well, th this guy is, like, statistically, you know, in offensive line speak, is, like, one of the best pass-blocking offensive linemen in a long time, right? Like, isn't it some crazy? He had, like, 400 pass plays, and he had five pressures or something like that? Yeah, I don't have the stat in front of me, but yes. 
So this is where, where you want to do your rant that there are no good offensive line stats. There are no good offensive line stats. They're all lying. Watch the film. Compete. <laughs> Put on the tape. Watch the um, games. Now, offensive line is a tough one to, to categorize. I was surprised when Danny said uh, guard. I'm like, the arm length thing is is the the uh, the crux of the issue there. But a lot of the times when we have these players come out who have like questionably sufficient arm length, like Rashawn Slater, the previous Northwestern mm-hmm. tackle being one of them, just by, put on the film. Skaronsky's so good. He's very, very impressive. Technically, he's very impressive in terms of recognition and spacing, athleticism, and different varieties of rushers. Like you see a lot of different guys when you're in the Big Ten, these big guys, smaller guys, and he's handling all of them. Uh, he's fascinating in terms of where he's going to land because you watch him, not the biggest dude, really like technically proficient, smart guy, great in pass protection. And then you watch these two guys, uh, the Ohio State Parish Johnson and, and Broderick Jones out of Georgia, big fellas. Mm-hmm. moving people and it's very different in terms of of the prototype and i'll be curious to see where the league lands on skaronsky versus like who, what team's going to value him as a tackle relative to some of those bigger guys with better natural length natural mobility or the idea of moving skaronsky into guard leaving those guys a tackle and having potentially a really, really good guard prospect in the case right. of the panthers who had i thought great offensive line play across the board i would imagine they'd consider a kick inside like they have with brady christensen but Oh, you know, it's 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 going to be to each team their own. Yeah, that this is to me. I'm just like a it's a placeholder pick almost, just because we do not know the the we don't know the coach, we don't know the schemes, we don't really know what they're going to be looking for. So I just put best player available, sort of. Um, but I do acknowledge, yes, they already had good offensive line, and they do have two quality tackles already. So this might not be the most logical, but we just don't know enough right now. So the point being, the Panthers themselves have no idea. That's uh, yeah, yeah. good to know. Also, so also the Falcons pick eighth, the Panthers pick ninth, and the Saints would have picked tenth. So the entire NFC South almost, except the Bucks picking eight, nine, ten. Except the Saints have sent their pick to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are picking tenth. So like you're an Eagles fan, and honestly, this is like I don't know, trying to buy your like really rich friend a Christmas gift. It's like I don't know what to get someone who's <laughs> anything. I, yeah. I don't know what the Eagles take here. What do you get, Bill Gates for Christmas? You know. <laughs> Get him Darnell Washington. Get him a six foot seven tight end. That's that's who I. That's like if I'm if I'm spoiling myself. That's who I'm getting. Just for my 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 viewing pleasure. Uh, the question for the Eagles and who they select, they're almost certainly looking to trade down in this spot. But the question for who they select is a question of who they lose. Right. Uh, the Eagles, as most teams who are planning on making a Super Bowl run, uh, suffer. They they suffer the potential of a lot of free agents leaving. James Bradbury, free agent at the end of this year. Darius Slay, also free agent at the end of this year. Both outside corners, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. No, they are free agents because they have void years then. But yeah, they're both potentially leaving at the end of this season. Jason Kelsey, their center, uh, star center, Hall of Fame center, potentially uh, retiring at the end of this season. They kind of have a Kelsey backup plan. Cam Jurgens, the second round pick out of Nebraska last year. And they kind of have backup plans for Hargrave and for Fletcher Cox. They obviously took a first round defensive tackle last year in Jordan Davis. They have Milton Williams, who's a third round player, two, uh, two seasons in, who's had a really nice stretch recently. They kind of have a theory there. Can anybody name the Eagles' backup corners? No. Well, Zach McPherson for anybody? Feeling good about that? <laughs> Old Zach? Like it's just, Does that move you? Th- this is a joke. You're doing two jargons at a lie early. Yeah, yeah. Just make up names. When we look at what might cripple the Eagles in like this upcoming Super Bowl run, injury to outside corner is very high on the list because they have replacements in the nickel. They do not have replacements on the outside. Accordingly, I'm going corner again. I said I really liked Keely Ringo. I think he's the, the corner one with a bullet. I'm taking Christian Gonzalez here, the corner out of Oregon, which is a name that I don't think a lot of people know about super much just yet. He was a two-year player at Colorado, uh, transferred to Oregon this year, and I don't even think Oregon knew 
what they had in terms of, of, mm. of a player who can just kind of eliminate the man cover side of the field. Uh, Gonzalez has got true uh, uh, height, weight, speed, 6'2", 200. He can open up. He's unlike Ringo, who's got like a, a, a thick build. Ringo's a big guy. I would feel good about Ringo against like your T Higgins and your DeAndre Hopkins and your, your bullies on the outside. Gonzalez is a little wiry. He's definitely fit. Now he's long, which is nice, right? He's got long legs. He's got long arms. He actually transitions really well for his length too. He's able to sink. Uh, they had injuries in the secondary. So they'd walk out one week and they just have him playing the slot like out of nowhere. And he's just like running around with guys like passing off routes. He's reading stuff. Like he's very comfortable kicking inside and kicking outside though. The area that he beats Ringo in my, in my opinion, which is important for the Eagles is uh, eyes and eyes and zone coverage. I discipline. He knows, you know, there, there'll be reps. Like there, there were reps and they had the game against uh, Oregon state. They had the reps in the game uh, they had against UCLA where like early in the down, he just starts peeking over like a different receiver. And then that receiver ends up running around his way and he kind of leaks off and he's just like looking to go poach around. He's looking to go uh, undercut a route. You can tell that he, he gets it. He gets the full vision of the field. Ringo, I think can get more tunnel vision, which like, okay, press man, whatever Gonzalez for a defense, like the Eagles, where they play a lot of zone, they play a lot of quarters, they play a lot of off. He makes a lot of sense. And he still has the size thing to survive on the outside. So in terms of names, we go through the top 10 here. I think a lot of those names are familiar. Uh, one name that I wouldn't be surprised to see as a top 10 pick that might not be familiar to folks right now is Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon. Send him to the Eagles at 10. I like it. Another freaks list guy. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah. Let me look up. Let me look it up here real quickly. It makes sense because he's a good mover, but I didn't, I didn't even think about uh, checking him on the list. Usually like, I remember those guys when I see their names. He is the younger brother of, this is from the freaks list, Bruce Feldman. Read it. It's great. The younger brother of two former All-American sprinters. Mm. <laughs> he uh, hit 23.3 miles per hour on the GPS. Vert, vert jumps 42 inches oh! and power cleans wow. 325 So pounds. Keely Ringo is slow. He's got nothing on Christian <laughs> Gonzalez. Yeah, so yeah, never mind. Yeah. Gonzalez corner one. My bad. <laughs> we did it. Should we do the rest of 32 real quick? <laughs> I'm kidding. So we got the top 10 here. We got Bears are taking Will Anderson up top. Texans taking Bryce Young. The Cardinals taking Jalen Card out of Georgia. The Colts taking CJ Stroud out of Ohio State. Seahawks taking Tyree Wilson, Lions taking Keely Ringo, who, I mean, basically is like a cop eating donuts. I don't even know. Uh, the Raiders are like taking Will Levis out of Kentucky. Falcons, Miles Murphy at yeah, Clemson. Panthers taking Peter Skaronsky. Eagles taking Christian Gonzalez. There's our mock draft. Top 10. We're going to be doing more mock drafts as the season gets going. Uh, it's time for America's favorite segment. Yes, two jargons yeah, and a lie. Ye, ye, ye. Do one of you two have a two jargons and a lie? If not, we can just get to some ones that we've been emailed in. Let's get to the other industries. Yeah, I like that intro. I'm guessing. I have saved this one's from Mark. 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 I have saved this email for months because I think it is so funny. Mark emailed (laughs) in two banned substances and a lie. So like, you know, the NFL, like the performance enhancing drugs, they have all the Uh, list of banned substances. That's good. Mark has the two banned substances and a lie. Good luck pronouncing these. Okay, so two of these are real banned substances by the NFL and the other one is made up. Is the other one a made-up substance, or is the other one a substance that is a real substance, <laughs> substance but it is not banned? Oh, You're man. right. I don't know. That's up to Mark. I don't know. Okay. All right. Uh, the, so here are the three. Bolandiol, <laughs> and then we've got Phytonadione, uh, Phytonadione, and then Oralbolin. <laughs> you mispronounced those so yeah. badly. <laughs> Hyphen's pronunciations makes this an all try, three What do you try? I don't know how to say these things. You try. <laughs> all right, I'll try. I'm going to try to pronounce them. I think you nailed the first one. I think it's Bolandiol. <laughs> uh, I think the second one is Phytonadione. Ooh. 
He said and I think confidence. the last I think the last one is Arabalin. <laughs> I I have to say I think this is the best one we've ever got in terms of like figuring out the answer. I think this is the hardest one we've ever. I may as well just close my eyes and fire a dart. I'm just gonna say Arabalin. I that's what I was. That was where my gut took me to Heifetz. I've never been more stumped or had less to go off of. It's the one that's got the least science things in it. Blandiol has an eol. <laughs> Fedanandion has a Fido in it. I will also say Orabalin, which puts my undefeated Arabalin. That looks like that Arabalin. sounds like a the name of a, a city in Lord of the Rings. Are, are we all locked into Arabalin? Wait, wait, wait. You're all taking Arabalin? This is like the Sunday night football. <laughs> How can we agree football, on everyone this? takes the Packers yes, and then the Lions. Either I keep my undefeated streak or I get to say I'm right on every single one except for the one we all got wrong. So I'm fine with this. I won't take a rabble, a rabble in. I'm going to take. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take the long one. Phytona Dion. Yeah. All right. They made that up. Craig is right. Damn Phy- it. Phytona Dion. That's just vitamin K. <laughs> okay, so that is no. a real thing though. Real thing. But it's legal. Legal substance. Okay. Is vitamin K potassium or is that not how that works? I think, I, I, I don't know. Oh boy. Let's, let's Google it. Let's Google it real quick. You guys want to do one more? He sent three of these and yeah, they're let's so do, funny. Let's do, do one more one? too. Are they're they all incredible. banned substances? Yes. Hold on. I'm going to read <laughs> what they are real quick. A rabelin is also called ethylestrinol. Oh yeah, of course. It's an, it's an anabolic steroid. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that right. makes sense. Um, <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, it is just vitamin K, phyto, phyto, phytoplankton. Yeah, it, it plays a key role in helping the blood clot. Foods containing a, vitamin K, green leafy it's vegetables, a muscle lubricant. Will no, Fuller knows no, a lot about not. vitamin K. And then I'm gonna look up Bolandiol. <laughs> <laughs> the the human body requires vitamin K for post synthesis modification of certain proteins that are required for blood coagulation. Bolandiol is a anabolic steroid. Also, nice. I feel like a lot of the banned substances are going to be anabolic steroids. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that's <laughs> that's my guess. That makes a lot of it's sense. Theme. <laughs> All right, let's do number two. This is, I think this is one of my favorite ones. Also, if you wanted to jargon to lie from any, this is really creative, but anything from your industry, your work, whatever, <laughs> email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. You can also ask us questions about the NFL draft, but Wait, also sure. to jargon to lie. Next one. <laughs> this is so funny. Ethylenediamine. Oh, this is the same category? Okay. Yes. There is, <laughs> we're continuing on two banned substances in a lot. Great pronunciation. Nice job on that one. Torep. Oh, you jinxed me. Toramiphene. Oh, my God. Is, is someone else want to try this? I can't. I think it's teremiphene. Yeah, teremiphene. Yeah. And then, and then. Fencamine. 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 It's a C. Hard Fencamine. C? So Ethylenediamine, teremiphene. Okay. Teremiphene. Now I feel like that I know emo. that all of them are real substances and only one is not banned, I will no longer Correct. use science terms to dictate my my logic here. There are they are all yeah, science. That, good call. True. No, they're not True. Lord of the Rings cities. So what 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 reads the most legal? What seems the most nice? I think it's A. I think it's ethylenediamine. <laughs> all these things turn me into Nemo. It's like a teremiphene. I think that it's B. Yeah, I think I think it's teremiphene. Teremiphene. <laughs> Sorry. Because the other two end in the same suffix, which okay. means that they're both anabolic steroids. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Oh yeah, that's a good one. You're right. That's a good yes. point. Ben. Yes. Yeah, I'm going Let's B. Go. Wait, is that saying officially yes? Wait, are we that's all going right? B? Oh, no, I'm I with A. 
Did you, when you said, did you when give you said the you're right? Yeah, I thought you meant we're right as in we're correct. Okay. okay, okay no, right. no, I meant like that's a good point. I will the guy, join you in B. The guy that's giving us the quiz just said you're right, and it, he didn't he didn't tell us the answer. So okay, continue. Well, I don't know the answer. Huge I, fake out, Heifetz. I'm go, I'm I'm like I'm joining you in B. Anyway, we're going B. Craig, are you going B? No, I'm going with A. God damn, the same thing happened. Craig's right. It's A. No! I am hot today, baby. (laughs) Psychoanalysis. Puffing with with vitamin K. Now we know why Craig is so tall. I just (laughs) had a whole mess of vitamin K before I showed up to this pod. (laughs) Ethylenidiamine is a gasoline additive. Not banned, but would probably kill you. (laughs) Okay. Gassed up. Craig's gassed up right now. He's gassed. I'm all gassed up a Mountain Dew. Teremaphine, which is sold under the brand name Ferristin, among others, is a medication which is used in the treatment of advanced breast cancer in postmenopausal women. And that's on the banned list? Wow. Well, I don't know. Just I'm not case. saying that that's what this is, but some of these banned things are also like masking agents. So it's like if you do a steroid, but you take a different drug, it will cover ah. up the steroid. So those, the cover up mm. drugs are also, I don't know if that's what this is, but that's what a lot of those usually are. Interesting. Um, f- fencamine is a psychostimulant oh, of the amphetamine class. Whoa. Uh, unban it. All right. Whew. Okay. Wow. Well, that was absolutely, as DK would say, scintillating. It was, that was a scintillating, scintillating. conversation. Um, emails to ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have questions about the draft, questions about the quarterbacks, questions about anything. And of course, more two jargons and a lie from your own work or whatever. That was incredible. Um, also, if you want to send us some Belandiol or Rabelin, you know, email us, we'll coordinate. <laughs> um, cool. Should I do? Should I? Should I bring my own two jargons, one lie, just audio terms next yeah. time, and the four yeah, of us of can do audio jargon? Or like Hollywood terms, Craig. Oh yeah, I could do that too. What's funny is I'd probably have to look up the audio jargon myself. I don't know, but <laughs> that's fine. Maybe Hollywood makes more sense. It's pretty good. All right, thank you, DK. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai, for production help. Sorry about the um. Thank God that mm, yeah, that's horns up. Thing. That's Forever. so sad. Woof. That's Thank Texas. you, Lorne. Yeah, I was going to say that. Oh, yeah. that's Wait, who did the hook him? <laughs> horn frogs you said, up? Yeah. You said horns up and then did Texas hook him. <laughs> this is horns down. That I don't think there is part. a horns up. And that's not what the frogs do. Is this do. not? Ho- they're horned. The, the How frogs, do you signify horns. horns up at TCU? <laughs> um, so what you did was just disgusting. This, <laughs> this, it's like this all the time. Okay. No. Um, so TCU's like this. Oh, right. So for those of you not on video, Kai is currently doing bunny ears, but he's bending his two fingers down. It's exactly Honestly, it's, so, it's a neutered version a of horns up. Take a piece sign and then just take your fingers down. That's literally it. So little, your, your sign is an air quote? That's like what the, the horn frog the is? Just air quotes? It's Good. a bunny like, shadow <laughs> puppet. <laughs> So you're literally just ironic Texas. Yeah, I, I guess. But Texas sucks. So just no. Texas versus know. TCU, and they're just shoving horns up at each other. I love that. Yeah, you should have a you should have a like a horns bowl where it's a battle for the this exact hand log motion. That'd be sweet. What if all the people actually wear horns on their helmets? You're thinking of the Vikings. <laughs> You know the viral video, the guys with the middle fingers at each other? I'm just yeah, pointing yeah, at that, yeah. but it's just the horns up and just the horns and the air quote horns. The horns way, is that, was that a real thing? Were those people really doing that or was that fake? I think that was staged. Oh, was that was say. fake. Kai, have you seen a horned frog? Did anybody have one in their dorm <laughs> apartment? Uh, no one had them in their dorm, but I've definitely seen one. I feel like at a zoo or something. I don't okay. know, or maybe just online. I could see a fraternity like being like, you know, it's like SAE is like, we got, we got a horned frog in a cage in the back. <laughs> 
cage. It's the like pledges have, have to blind. sleep with it for a week. <laughs> Honestly, that probably goes down there. I'm sure. Wouldn't put it past. I also, them. while we're on this topic, I, I feel like I've asked this like a lot, and I, I, it's been answered, and I still actually don't understand. How did horns down get banned? Like, how the hell did people turn a celebration upside down and they're like, that's offensive? How did because, that happen? Because the Big Ten was kowtowing to Texas and then Texas left them for the SEC. I have to say, I think that that is actually the most snowflake thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> it's very soft. I love it. Like, they literally down. were like, horns down. It's like your thing, but upside down. And they're it, like, how dare you? Just like doing the L on the forehead. And they're like, you yes. can't do that anymore. I will, I, didn't Texas A&M sue the Seahawks for the 12th man thing too? Bunch of whiners in Texas. This is crazy. What do you mean it's banned though? Like if I go to a game and do this, they're going to remove me? So if a player does it, they get hit with unsportsmanlike conduct. That is insane. Yep. What? It's like literally, like, but Texas can do the horns up. But if you do horns down, it's like if like Jair Alexander, it's like if he got like flagged for doing the gritty because that's Justin <laughs> Jefferson's thing. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. We should flag Mike Gesicki for doing the gritty. I think we all agree on that. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> He looks yeah. like me doing it. That is offensive. While we're at it, Mariah Carey should not sue us for using the song Fantasy. What? You just, you're just talking about things people shouldn't sue other people for? Yes. <laughs> I agree with that wholeheartedly. Mariah, I know you're listening. Minute 70 of our January draft pod. Fresh off like your fifth straight year of having the number one song in the, the world. <laughs> In December. Okay. Yeah. Uh, horns also, up. Horns Craig, up. Craig, this all happened because Craig yelled horns up right before Hyphus is about to sign off. <laughs> well, I did the thank you, Lauren, but like DK never even gave us a band. Oh my god, that's because I was so distracted. Uh let's go with Cardi B today. Oh. DK, name a Cardi B song. Uh Wap, 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 Wap. Wap! <laughs> I need to get oh off my this God. podcast. I can't. How do you pronounce that? It's WAP. Okay. Well, you know that is a term what of disparagement say? that I did not want to necessarily say on accident, <laughs> <laughs> especially in front of Craig, who is Italian. That's right. Uh, Bite so, your tongue. You know, I don't have a. Lot, I haven't used that song in conversation a lot of times. I knew of it. How about that? That's good enough for I've me. I've read it. I've read the name of that song. <laughs> I haven't listened to the song, but I've read the title. I gotta tell you, it's tough when Solak is laughing at me for my lack of pop culture knowledge. Yeah, I know. I have no leg to stand on here. This is a new low for me. Um, this is why I don't like this game. Why we've been playing this for like three years straight. For this exact reason. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. okay. All right. Solak is... Very comfortable. All right. Um, I was going to end it, but I think this is hilarious. Let's go. Let's go. Do you understand why I didn't want to say it just straight off? I get it now. Stop <laughs> just give me a break here. <laughs> no, not, this is how we get sued. Yeah, we're going to definitely get sued now. Just Come at me, Cardi. Ben Solak is so uncomfortable right now. I can't <laughs> I'm not uncomfortable. I'm laughing. I am thinking about my mom listening to this pod, but just find it. Funny. Oh my god! <laughs> oh boy. Uh, <sighs> Mrs. Solak, we're sorry. Sorry for all the swearing. Genuinely, just for her, not for anyone else. Everyone else can. On behalf of Cardi fine. B, we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone, but especially Mrs. Solak's mom. But no. <laughs> <laughs> and the 
There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.